Miracy. How does the brand need to look to create that promise? How does the brand need to sound to create that promise? And how does the brand need to behave? What's the experience that you want to create to deliver on that emotional promise? Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we dive into the role of branding in creating explosive growth for your business. And we're talking branding, branding, not just logo design. Our guest is Ree Perez, CEO and founder of a strategic branding agency called Branding for the People. Ree is a former Fortune 500 brand consultant turned entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. His agency helps entrepreneurs and conscious businesses build best-in-class brands, and his clients often credit him for being the single smartest investment that took their business to the next level. Welcome to Ree. Now let's jump right into the conversation. Most people go for their MBA, you know, and then they work for a big brand consulting firm. I have more of a social sciences background. So I have a degree in organizational behavior and communications. I studied design, but I didn't major in it. I just knew I had a good design eye. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's the gay gene or whatnot. I, just, I knew <laughs> what looked good. But the way that I approached branding was from a social sciences perspective. How do brands impact the way people behave, um, culture? A lot of people think that branding is the logo and the colors on your website. Can you say a little bit more about really what branding is? Technically, you don't own your brand. It resides in people's minds. So therefore, branding is a process. It's a process of creating, shaping, and influencing the desired perception that you want to have in the marketplace. If a guy walks into a conference room with a group of people and he says, I'm the smartest person in the room. Well, most people would be like, well, who's this jackass, right? (laughs) (laughs) But if a guy walks into a conference room with a group of people and he dresses a particular way, he speaks in a certain tone, he behaves accordingly, and then he knows more about the subject matter than everyone else in the room, then he derives the perception that he's the smartest person in the room. And so Mm -hmm. the philosophy here is like, rather than touting and saying, this is who you are, show up in a way that derives that perception. Logos and colors, while it's an incredibly important part, it's just one of several tools to create a perception. Using the example you were talking about earlier, that's the clothes on the guy, but there's everything else around it in order to keep building the brand. Yeah, you know, sometimes people come up to me with no context for branding. They're like, what should my logo look like? 
And that's like the equivalent of saying, what should I wear to this party? I was like, I don't know. What kind of party is it? Is it a costume party? Is it a dinner party? (laughs) So, yeah. I am curious about how you branded yourself and how you got your own brand out there. I was doing yoga four or five times a week. And a friend had said, you should go check out this hot yoga in Brooklyn, New York, called Yoga to the People. And I never really paid attention to it. I just kind of filed it. And then I found myself in San Francisco. I was visiting family out in the Bay Area, and I was journaling. And then I saw the sign. It said, feed the people in this restaurant. It's just kind of like these data points that my brain was sort of aware of. I wrote down, what about branding for the people? And um, I like pulled out my phone. I said, let me see if the domain was available. And it was. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like for $4.99. <laughs> Who knew that that was going to make me millions of dollars later down the wow. road, right? Wow. It was four months into my business and I said, I'm going to put on an event. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I have no list. I probably had a list of 200 people. I'm pretty sure 175 of them were my friends and family. <laughs> and, and I said, I'm going to put on a branding event and I'm going to teach people about what I know about branding. And then, of course, as you probably know, is that there's a model for that to be able to move mm-hmm. people into your programs. But again, still mm-hmm. new out of this. I was like, I'm just going to go and teach on branding. And, and that's how I made my first six figures. It did. It worked, huh? Yeah, it worked. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Let's do this again. (laughs) I really did it on the bootstrapping. Like, how can I enroll people in my vision? And there were some hard costs, of course, but there was also the sweat equity of like, I, you know, I didn't have a team. (laughs) I did all the enrollment conversations. I registered all the people. I processed all the paper. But yeah, but I put on the event and I realized, wow, this is really where I shine. Right. So how did you do after that first weekend? What did you do to celebrate? I do remember sleeping because I didn't sleep the night before my event. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. When you don't have a team and you're at that stage, you know, it was my baby, right? And so I... um, And it was new. It was new, a little bit of perfection syndrome, like Mm -hmm. all of that. I was up all night, which is probably not the best thing to do to kind of be, to give my full best. (laughs) It was probably adrenaline. So I'm pretty sure I slept that night. And then I think Uh I just basked in the glory of like, I was rewatching the the videos and the testimonials and watching the feedback forms. So I think it was just like, wow, I really Uh created something. Yeah, I did this. Uh Yeah. It's like you reveled in it. That's kind of what it sounds like. Like you reveled in it. That's so sweet. It was fun. Thanks for bringing me back there. (laughs) Yeah. And so what did you think to yourself when you made, I mean, that's six figures in a day, basically. Obviously not a day. You had a lot of preparation and a lot of afterwards, right? But still, that must have been big at the time. That was huge. So, you know, I had a high six-figure salary. So to generate that kind of revenue on something that I created, that in and of itself was like, okay, I've actually learned how to solve the problem of replacing my salary for a big company. Now I just need to really learn how to build a business, Mm -hmm. right? You know, with a large organization, it's pretty clear what the branding is. But for a entrepreneur, for a solopreneur, it feels unclear. Yes, there's the logo and the color scheme, but what else should solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that are listening, what should they be thinking about? So there's two things I want to say. I like to go macro and then micro. So on a macro level, Here's how I see the sequence of activities. You have a business, 
then a brand, then marketing. So you need to have like a business model or like what business are you going to be in, right? And then you translate that business into a brand. And then once you define that brand, then you use marketing to help generate leads so that you can have sales conversations. Uh Okay, so with that framework and that sequence of of activities, you want to first declare what kind of business. Are you going to create a coaching business, a service-based business, product business, a membership business, right? Now, here's where branding and business sort of overlap because a really good brand should help to support your business objectives. So the starting point for branding is getting clear on the who, what, and why, right? Which is who's your target audience or target audiences? What is the problem that you're solving for them? And then why should they listen to you? And then let's say you're solving a problem that hundreds of other people are solving. Why should they go with your brand to solve their problem? What's unique about what you're doing? that's going to solve their problem. I'll use me as an example because I practice what I preach, but like, why am I a credible person to help an entrepreneur create a best-in-class brand? Well, I have a Fortune 500 background (laughs) branding big businesses. I studied design. I studied psychology, linguistics, you know, and then now today, having worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients and many hours of working with entrepreneurs and small businesses, I have the credibility to know what works for entrepreneurs. Uh And so similarly, what is that emotional component that your brand is going to leverage to connect with your target audiences? You know, Nike, they make shoes, they make apparel, but their brand is Nike helps me win, right? So the branding piece comes with What's that emotional connection, that overarching emotional connection that you're trying to create and foster and cultivate such that people are connected to that above and beyond what you actually do, sell, or make? Why? Because as human beings, we buy based on emotion. And then, then you can use the various people, designers, copywriters, et cetera, to bring that to life, right? Right. That's right. To interpret it, yeah. How does the brand need to look to create that promise? How does the brand need to sound to create that promise? And how does the brand need to behave? What's the experience that you want to create to deliver on that emotional promise? So what changed in your personal life after that first event of discovery of, oh, I've got something here? I relate to my business. And I think every entrepreneur should. It's like probably the best personal development program you could put yourself in, right? Yes, for sure. That's why sometimes (laughs) I toggle between the two because they are very interrelated. And Uh your business grows as big as you grow as a person. Yeah. That's what I believe. And so... And your business forces you to grow or get That's right. That's right. That's right. So I was able to invest bigger. And then I was also able to impact more people. And that's a very sacred relationship, right? So when someone's saying, here, help me with my brand, it's not just a transaction, at least for me. It's not just a transaction of money exchange. It's about really infusing my experience and my gifts to help someone make more money, build a business, change their life. And that's the fulfilling part is kind of seeing people create opportunities that wouldn't have been otherwise available to them had they not invested to work with me. Sure, I was able to maybe 
buy more things. <laughs> but I think as I've gotten <laughs> older, and I just turned 50 this year, I'm just really not <laughs> this big, I was just not in the season of like buying material things. For me, it's about paying for experiences, right? So I think that's one of the big shifts, I think, over time is rather than chasing like the nice outfits and this and that and the labels, <laughs> you know, this can be nice. It's not fulfilling. It's about what are the experiences that I want to create and who do I want to surround? What do I want to learn? And, you know, I'm here in Austin now and it's a great collective of entrepreneurs. I'm surrounded by a lot of amazing high-level entrepreneurs and there's value in that and being able to surround yourself with people who are really creating things, who are really making the world happen and making the world shift. And so, yeah, I could point to maybe some things that I was able to buy in terms of lifestyle. But for me, what I want to report back is more what's really changed is my circle of influence. I want to hear if you have any experiences with your clients of their business blowing up because of a new branding, transformed branding, or even a beginning branding. There's so many examples. <laughs> but what in particular I can think about is, is a husband and wife, they're in Florida, and they had a cleaning company. Now, never in a million years that I think that, oh, I'm going to brand a cleaning company. But they were like, hey, we really believe in what you have to offer, blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. And I remember them telling me, Re, this is the most we've ever spent or invested. We've never spent this kind of amount, which I can relate to. And I said, trust me, <laughs> I know what's on the other side of this investment. And they did. And so we rebranded the name of their cleaning company, which actually had, for purposes of sanitizing, this is a case study, but they had X cleaning company. <laughs> I was like, all right, pretty generic. Okay. And then we changed it to a new name. And the brand promise was about enhancing your lifestyle. So they yeah. weren't just a cleaning company, they were enhancing people's lifestyles. So they ended up becoming a premium high-end concierge cleaning service. And they started to go uh, not only to homes, in Florida, but also they started getting big contracts for hotels. And so they blew up and they have like hundreds of employees. And more importantly, they created an ecosystem and they're of Latino descent. So mm -hmm. they've really supported the Latino community and helping them to create their own businesses. And oh, so they created all these partnerships with kind of like an ecosystem. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who think, I don't need branding. I'm too new. I don't need to worry about this. Is that a true statement? What are your thoughts on it? No one really invests in branding just because there's business outcome on the other side of that. And so if you don't have any bigger goals that are above and beyond where you're at right now, then there's truth to say, no, you don't need branding. But I, what I invite people to say is that it's not that you don't need branding. It's what is not available to you because you're not building a brand? That's really the question that you should ask yourself when it comes to branding is, should you invest in branding or is really what's available for your life and for your business when you do take on branding as a necessity, not as a luxury? So let's talk. There were some really important takeaways in our conversation, and I think probably the most important one is that branding is about so much more than your logo or the colors that you use. It's a process of creating and shaping and influencing the desired perception that you want to have in the marketplace. And a crucial understanding here 
you don't actually own your brand. It resides in people's minds. Wow, mind blown. Big thanks to Ree for his generous and insightful sharing. And be sure to get Ree's gift to you, four free branding essentials guides. We're talking the top five branding mistakes, the branding blueprint, the naming guide, and the brand archetype guide. You can grab your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash re. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash re, R-E. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. 
you know, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.